En USPS entregamos más paquetes para que tú también puedas hacerlo. ¡Llegaron mis zapatos de fútbol! Más rápido de lo que esperaba. ¿Entrega para la futura deportista? ¡Huepa! Llegó la sortija y le va a encantar. Está en ella. ¿Entrega para una futura esposa? ¡Oye! Llegó mi nueva computadora. ¡Uh! ¿Entrega para una futura startup? En USPS, sin importar el negocio que tengas, siempre estaremos entregando por ti. Entregamos para todos. Conoce más en USPS.com diagonal para todos. 3, 2, 1. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. Our bi-weekly schedule presses on, and it seems there are still no casualties. If you are looking for something to tide you through the off week, I again refer you to the backlog of episodes where you can find titles and interviews you haven't heard or might do well to hear again. The episodes do not expire as current events do, and I dare say many are worth a re-listen. In any case, I'm sure today's show will be a multiple re-listen for me. It's an interview with Lewis Page, a former soccer coach of mine who, as the show's title indicates, lives with depression, which I learned through a video he shared five years ago and then only recently shared a follow-up to, and which prompted me to invite him on. In our interview, Lewis describes depression as a silent thief who steals your joy, energy, and ambition, but not all at once. And in dealing with it, he refers to and outlines in great clarity what he calls a mental health process. And he constantly refers to practice, which really speaks to me and what I call not only the mindset but method of optimism. Practice living your life, he says. Practice being the way you want to be. This is among the many drops of inspiring and practical gold Lewis gives us today through his sincerity, passion, and wisdom gained through bravely honest self-reflection and experience. And these illustrations and advice are not just for depressed people. On top, what really impressed me and why I found this interview to be especially valuable and relevant to people is that whether we consider ourselves depressed or not, as Lewis points out, none of us are operating in perfect mental health. And what I hear in Lewis's experience rings true for even me. And his advice repeatedly was wholly applicable to my life and what I understand are most people's everyday struggles to be happier. And on top of this, whether you think you're somewhere in the range of what might be deemed depressed or not, we all need to be better educated for those around us who may be struggling and for whom we might make a difference. And Lewis has just the personal experience and advice on how important friends and family have to be for those they care about. In all, Lewis was superb in his ability to learn and apply on the way to helping himself live with depression. And I really can't say enough about how impressed I was with his willingness to take all questions on seriously and thoughtfully and his ability to articulate clarifying and empowering answers. Okay, shut up then, Bolton, and let me have it. Will do. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome now to our interview. I'm joined by Lewis Page. Lewis, it's great to see you here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, happy to be here, Matt. It's great to see you again. All right, great. Um, so now, perhaps uh, more bio details will emerge as we go, but allow me first to say for many regular listeners who don't know Lewis, that for my part, I know Lewis personally through soccer. As a boy, I saw Lewis as an elite striker in the senior Nova Scotia men's league. It's always in the golden boot race, something I aspired to be. Um, of course, he was later selected as a member of Nova Scotia's 1991 pro CSL team, the Nova Scotia Clippers, for whom my youth team had the great fortune to be ball boys. Um, and he was one of the great coaches us young Nova Scotians were blessed to be exposed to in various provincial camps and programs, as well as with my club team at times. 
We share a common alma mater as St. Mary's Husky soccer alumni, although during my time, he was by then an opposing coach of the University of Prince Edward Island Panthers, uh, a, posi- a position he still holds today. Um, and I see a successful coach, Lewis, as I was reading up on you recently. Um, again, we might get into some more details on that in a bit, but take it for the moment, listeners, that he's had a spectacular career so far. So from my view, he was a star player, a respected coach. And then as I was able to gather uh, from afar over the years, he's only achieved more success and respect in his career, has a beautiful family, and in all is just a very popular guy. So it shocked me, as I'm sure it did many others around him, to see his Facebook post in January 2016 share a Bell Let's Talk Day video in which he declares that he lives with depression. It's a moving video and very bravely and well-spoken, I might say, Lewis, um, in which we're, which we're going to get into today. And then to jump ahead in the story, um, and what we're also going to get into today, is that just very recently, Lewis posted another Bell Let's Talk Day video in which he reports his progress in living with depression and how well he seems to be doing, um, including the reasons why. Um, I was very impressed with the video, and I said so in a reply to it on Facebook. But it wasn't long after that that it occurred to me to just invite him on the show and talk about it because there was so much that was indicated but that I would love to know more about and that I think many others could do well to know more about. So I reached out, and I'm very delighted that he's agreed to come on. So thanks again, Lewis, for making the time for me today. Yeah, it's great to be here, and uh, I look forward to the conversation. I mean, anytime you get a chance to kind of – share your journey or share your experience. Uh, it, it's always good. All right. Excellent. Um, so before we dive into the first video, uh, let's get a bit into who you are again, for those who don't know you. Um, I think this is important just to set this up because you're a very unlikely candidate from an outside perspective uh, for depression, right? Especially when you factor in the ignorance of, of most of us on the subject. Um, you mentioned in your first video that you were a successful coach, you had a loving family, friends, great health, etc. So perhaps a quick breakdown of this, some of this stuff uh, will give us a picture of your apparent thriving life so that we might see that depression is not necessarily the result of some failure in any aspect of one's personal life. So what are some of the highlights of your coaching career? And please don't be modest <laughs> on us. Uh, well, uh, other than coaching you and your brother when you were like 12 and 13 years old. Uh, <laughs> it's been a lot since then. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, in both my playing and my coaching career that I've, uh, you know, I've been able to uh, do well locally, you know, uh, as, a, as one of the top senior players and playing professionally for a season, uh, you know, in my own province uh, in Halifax. That was great. Uh Played for Canada's under 20s for a little while, so got to represent the country, you know. And then I followed uh, kind of a similar journey as a coach. Uh, I came to Prince Edward Island in 1995 for an eight-month contract, and uh, I'm still here, so so I must be doing something right. And uh, in that time, you know, I got involved right away with the university uh, when I was here, and, and it's been a great journey there. Uh, we've we've been successful. We've won a few AUS championships uh, in 2014. We finished. Uh, third in the country. Um, and in that time too, I also got to spend 11 years with national team program, you know, with various different teams and on the men's and the women's side. So, you know, it's been a wonderful experience and, uh, and I've been happy to have it, you know, and, and uh, when you, when you talk about the depression side of it, that was kind of one of the things that really had me in denial for a long time, you know, because you, you, you're, you're thinking that uh, it, how can there be anything wrong with me when everything in life is so good? Yeah. You know, so I, I, I used to think that there was kind of a chart, you know, you had to sort of have to have suffered at a certain level 
to to be to have depression or to or to think that you're suffering from some sort of mental illness, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you don't realize that that it doesn't really matter what brings you to the point that, mm-hmm. that your own life experience has brought you to the point, and your experience of it is just as challenging as someone who's maybe suffered a more traumatic event or 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 something more drastic than you have. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's the kind of stuff I'm looking for today because I really. Like I, I'm claiming ignorance when I say that I'm, I'm talking about myself. I don't really know what we're necessarily talking about. And this is why these videos like yours, I guess, why you feel you should be stepping out and explaining it, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, depression is an interesting thing because I call it kind of the, it's like a silent thief, you know, and, and it comes and it, uh, you know, it, it steals away your joy. It steals away your energy. It steals away your ambition, but it doesn't take it all at once, you know, so it doesn't kind of hit you with one big wallop. It, 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 it beats you with a whole bunch of little tiny punches, you know, until you sort of realize some, you know, wake up one day and, and realize that you're, you know, you're not supposed to feel this heavy or this apathetic or this, this unmotivated, you know, and it's, it's all the little things that, are, that have brought you to that point. Okay. So, all right, then. So we, we've established that your, your career is great. And you said I couldn't re- didn't really get it. I thought it was supposed to be some kind of spectrum. This is all the same family, friends, health. It was all, you know, we've all got a little bit of dysfunction in our relationships, but you had certainly nothing, uh, any, anything that would, that you would say this outwardly caused me to be depressed, any kind of reason to be depressed. I, I, no, I mean, I think I, I, I had it, you know, probably most of my life where, where I would have good points and bad points as uh as uh, my partner now, Maura, says, you know, sometimes you're at the top of the wave and sometimes you're at the bottom of the wave, you know, and you would sort of put it down to being tired or, or being moody or whatever. But, you know, when I look back now, I can see, you know, certain patterns where those moments would last longer and mm-hmm. be harder and be heavier. And I can see sort of where, you know, it, it impacted my life where, you know, maybe I wasn't as successful in school as I wanted to do or in relationships. And, and I can see where, where that had an impact, you know, and, and the, the hard thing was sort of coming to the realization that, that there was something more going on than just, you know, not having the energy or being tired or not feeling fit enough or not eating right. Like, you know, and, and probably the, 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 the event, I mean, there'd be little events over your life that are kind of hitting you on the head, trying to wake you up, you know, maybe you, you fail a course at school or you, you lose a girlfriend and, and you're not really paying attention to them. They're trying to tell you something and you're not listening, you know? And, and, and the big one was, uh, you know, when, when my first wife uh, and I got divorced, you know, and that was kind of the, the, the catalyst to like, you know, she had always said that uh, you may have, you know, you, you should seek some help. You should do something. And I always brushed it off. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the catalyst to say, well, whoa, you know, I got to start taking care of myself. I got to figure something out here. All right. Well, this is uh, a great context set for this. Um, I thought that uh, to start us really off, um, I thought we might just go ahead and play the 2016 video in full, and then we'll unpack and examine some of the key issues that I know I'm curious about and listeners will want some elaboration on. What do you think of that? Perfect. Let's do it. My name is Lewis Page, and I uh, live with depression. If you have mental health issues, how can you help yourself? For me, it kind of took on three stages. The first stage was an awareness. 
I knew that there was something more going on than just being sad about failing an exam or losing a game or being a little bit down because it was raining outside. It was something deeper, something darker, something that would paralyze my mind and my spirit. The second stage for me was acceptance that there was something going on. And that was really hard for me because even though I knew there was something wrong, I was still in denial all the time. How could there be something wrong with me? I was a successful coach. I had a loving family, great health, lots of friends. But then I started to think about it like my body. If my arm was broken, well, I wouldn't say to myself, 95% of me is okay. I don't need to get my arm fixed. I would go to the doctor, they would fix my arm, and I would heal so that the rest of my body would be 100%. Mental health issues are no different. 95% of my life was great, but 5% of it was broken and needed to heal. The third part for me, the third stage, was action. I had to do something. I had to help myself. The first thing I did was I stepped out of the silence and I talked to friends. I talked to two very good friends and they listened. The next thing I did was I got professional help and that was really hard for me as well because I had to accept that that wasn't a weakness but a strength to reach out, to get help. It takes courage to face your own demons and why wouldn't you get a professional to help you do that? If my body was broken, I would go to a doctor, professionally trained, to help me heal. So if my mind was injured, my spirit was broken, why wouldn't I go to a professional therapist who can help heal those things? If you have friends or you know people who are having mental health issues, how can you help them? Well, the first thing you can do is listen, and listen without judgment. The next thing you can do is talk to them. Talk to them honestly and with compassion. My friends had some difficult conversations with me, but they did it with love and respect, and that made it easier. The third thing you can do is help them to get help. You wouldn't hesitate to carry an injured player, an injured teammate, off the field to help them go see a physiotherapist. So you shouldn't hesitate to take a friend by the hand to a mental health clinic to see a professional therapist. That's my story. So that caught a lot of people who know you off guard. Um, before we break down what was in it, can you first describe the reaction to it? Um, and what had been your reservations, if any, in publishing such a, a statement? And, and were they proved to be founded? And did anything surprise you in the reaction to it, the response at all? Uh, to be honest, the reaction was overwhelming and uh, was was not really uh, anything I was ready for. Um, you know, the, the, the Bell Lex talk on the, on the Facebook page, I think it had 60 some thousand views uh, when, when it was first posted. And uh, the, I woke up that, the morning it was posted, I woke up and my phone was blowing up, uh, you know, and people, people I had never met were messaging me and talking about the impact of the message. Uh, you know, teachers at schools in places like Alberta and British Columbia were talking about how they're going to use it in their schools. And, uh, you know, there, there were so many people reaching out and it got to the point where I had to sort of shut, shut down my social media for a little while because the, the impact on me was, was challenging. You know, yeah. I, I didn't have any experience in that. Um, the support from all the people it, it was nothing but positive, you know. Um, there's always a fear uh, when you put yourself out there that, that you know, 
you're being vulnerable and you're opening yourself up, especially when you're in a position of, of, uh, not power, but authority or a leadership role, you know, that you worry about how that might impact that role. Um, you know, but I always think about my players and, uh, you know, my kids and my family and, and, and thought it was important that, uh, the message be out there and, and that people start to talking about it. And there's a healing process for you as well. When you, when you kind of start talking publicly about it, you, you explore it more, you think about it more and it, and it's, and it's out there. So, you know, it was an amazing experience. Well, I understand all of that. I thank you for that response. I got it. Um, you stated in there that depression has three stages, uh, awareness, acceptance, and action. And we'll start off with awareness. You said that there was something more going on than just feeling sad about failing an exam or losing a game. Uh, it was deeper, darker, it paralyzed your mind and your spirit. Um, what did this other dimension that you recognize look and feel like if you could describe it a little more concretely? You've yeah, already I'm, done a bit of that with the yeah, feeling tired. Yeah, but, I'm, you know, it's like uh, like Winston Churchill called it the black dog, right? Like it, it, uh, it, it it's like a fog that kind of drifts in on you, you know, and, 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 and starts to envelop you. And then you're you're kind of lost in that fog, you know, and you, you – you just feel weighted and it, it's kind of like having the flu, you know, you don't want to move, you don't want to do anything. Um, and the, the, the terrible thing is it's, it's like, uh, you know what needs to be done and you just can't get up and do it, you know? And that's, that's the real difference. You know, if, if, if it was something uh, other than depression where it was, you know, it was the flu or it was something you, well, you take your medicine, you know, you're going to get better. And in a couple of days, it's going to be okay, you know, but with the depression, you really don't know what to do. It's just that deep sadness, you know, and uh, mainly rooted in, in, in guilt and, uh, you know, uh, self-loathing to, you know, in terms of living too much in the past, you know, and, and reliving your past mistakes and, and feeling the weight of those mistakes and feeling like you just can't move forward and, and, and come to peace with them, okay. at least for me. And I think for everybody, it's, a, you know, a, a personal experience as well. I think so. But I, I wonder, too, that maybe now that you've explored it more, you might also have learned more from other people's experience as well. I'm sure you've learned something about that as a, not just your own personal experience, talking to yeah, professionals and yeah, others. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's... Uh, it, most people describe that sort of heaviness, you know, and, and that, and that darkness, you know, uh, and, and the, the, the lack of an ability to find solutions, you know, you, you think that there, there is no solution and there's no way forward, you know, and that this is, this is what you've got. And, and it can become, you know, until you sort of see the lights or come out of the, the, the silence and the darkness, it, you don't even realize you're in it until that weight is lifted. You know, it's like trying to play a game carrying an extra 30 pounds and then all of a sudden they take those 30 pounds off and like you're flying, you know, and, and, and you didn't realize how much that was your normal and, and that your normal wasn't maybe normal. Okay. Well, it, so it seems at some, at some level you did realize it. Did you realize you were carrying some weight? And you did say like now it's something rooted in some past guilt, but, but you mentioned, um, you mentioned failing an exam as an example. And you know, you're a little far off from being a student in 2016, right? So when were you first aware of this 
kind of darkness? Say, had it kind of thought you might have always had it, but do you know when you first really recognized it? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I, I think in high school and with the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. And and certainly my first few years of university, you know, when uh, I, I look back, it's, you know, episodes where I did things like, you know, maybe didn't study for an exam or didn't get a, a, a paper done, you know, or you know, should have been out training and maybe didn't go, you know, it, and, and I look back, it's how I was acting physically and emotionally at those times and, and realize now that, that in those times I was in a deep depression, you know, but, but just at the time I, I didn't understand it. I didn't know what it was. It, I was just thinking, well, why don't you get something done? I mean, get off your arse, get going, yeah. you know, and, and you don't realize that there's a, a physical and, you know, and an, an uh, emotional component to it and, and no tools to, to solve it. Okay. Wow. Um, the second stage you mentioned was uh, um, acceptance and you made an analogy to a broken arm. 95% of me is okay. Um, that you had to fix something. So, we're getting a lot closer to your closer here. Now, what are you calling depression? It sounds almost like it's something that's inflicted like an injury or something like upon you more than it is a description of your emotional state. Like, so what is it, uh, I guess? Yeah. I mean, and for me, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a state of mind, you know, and, 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 a, and a, 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 a physical or an affliction on your spirit is the way I would describe it. Yep. You know, like it, it, it kind of uh, eats away your life force and your energy, right, and your vitality, and uh, and I think it comes from a number of different sources. You know, you, you you part of it is chemical. It can be part of you know the way your mind is wired, and you know you maybe not produce enough serotonin. You're not producing the right chemicals. Um, it can be from your past experiences. You know, relationships with your family, your friends, you know, something you've been through that you haven't come to peace with, you know, I, I, but I, uh, one of the challenges I had in acceptance was, okay, I know what's wrong with me. I've, I've, you know, there's something going on, but it's not really that bad because I was looking for the single event, right? That like, okay, this happened, bam, that's why, you know, so you, you break your arm, you know, you got, you know, you got in a car accident, you break your arm, you know why it happened. You understand it. Here's what I've got to do. You know, and I think with depression, it comes and, and possibly with many mental illnesses, it comes from various different sources, you know, so part of it was, was relationships I had, you know, part of it was my experiences as a child, you know, Part of it was a chemical imbalance, you know, that, that, that you know, I wasn't producing the right amount of uh, chemicals in my brain, you know, so that it, it, you're looking for that one moment and it's not necessarily there, which makes it harder to accept because you're like, mm -hmm. well, why did this happen? How did this happen? And why can't I just do A, B and C and it's fixed? Right. Wow. Okay. I'm getting a lot closer. And that... What I'm trying to look at here too is I, I, I occurred to me that is this maybe something that's again hormonal, like a chemical imbalance, is something that's kind of just ha happened to you as an injury does or something like that, rather than 
things that you've caused by the way you've thought about things or experiences and how you approach them and stuff, all of that stuff I'm trying to sort out. Um, and yeah, and, a, I, and I think it's, it's, it's maybe a little bit different for everybody's own experience of it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but for me, it was certainly a combination, you know, so, you know, the, 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 the medication has helped because there was, you know, a, you know, chemical imbalance there. It wasn't producing enough, uh, serotonin and those kind of endomorphins and things in my brain. Right. And then, uh, but there was other issues as well that had to be dealt with, you know, and, and, uh, that's part of the other part of healing. So All it's right a bit then. of both. It's a, it's a physical part and it's a physical and an emotional and a spiritual affliction. Yeah. Right. And I, and I was wondering on how much we can affect that, uh, physical part of it through, through the way we think, or obviously through medication, but through other things, um, you know, because I'm getting just more aware of hormones these days is why I'm asking, because yep. especially, you know, in the way they affect uh, things with which we may not commonly associate or consider them. So I, I have a bit of experiences in learning more and understanding a lot more about um, obesity, body fat and fitness and that in this, in this regard. And obesity, yep. for instance, I understand now as not being overweight, um, rather, obesity is a hormonal imbalance, right? So uh, in this way, Dr. Fung in the obesity code, for example, he puts that you're not obese because you're overweight, you become overweight because you're obese. So what this means to me is that obesity is not the description of your body weight or, 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 or your fat levels, um, but it's more of a condition that we have to remedy as not to become overweight with all the complications. And I wonder now after your, after seeing your video, I thought, I thought to me, is that maybe what this is like, is, is it maybe not somewhat the same way that it's not so much a description, but it's more like, this is why um, this is maybe part of why my, people might not um, accept so much of it as their fault. Right. It's something that's kind of just, it's there and I've got to deal with it now. Now what I'm curious about is, is it medication and can, but can we affect that through, um, through our own actions and, and things. So I, I know you hit a lot of that in the second video and we will, but yeah. 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 And, and, and I think, you know, everybody's, uh, everybody kind of finds the, their own solutions as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So what might work for me might not work for you. Right. So some, some people are, are better without medication. They find, they find another way to, to do that. They find their connection with nature or, uh, you know, a religion or a particular, you know, form of expression, you know, maybe they start painting and, and you know, so some, they, everybody kind of finds their own way. And, you know, even with the, with the medication, you know, I, I went through two or three different types of medication to kind of find the right balance, you know, and, and I agree that it's a, it's something that I think, you know, we can help prevent like any other kind of uh, illness or disease or, you know, and the, and the, with the younger generation, the more we can educate them on mindfulness and healthy living and, and having open discussions about how they feel, you know, the more we can limit the amount that this happens, I think. Okay, great. Um, the third stage you said was action. And you said that you had to do something. You had to help, help yourself. So you stepped out of the silence. You had uh, some very good friends. You said they listened. How important is it for someone to listen? I think it's huge. It, it's, it's probably, <laughs> probably the number one thing because the, the, the first thing that holds you back 
uh, you know, from discussing a mental illness is uh, your fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in your own head, you're thinking, well, if I, if I tell somebody about this, what are they going to think? Are they going to think I'm, I'm crazy? Are they going to think that I'm damaged? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, are they going to tell me, well, there's nothing wrong with you. Just, you know, you know, I come from a British family where, well, my parents would just say, just stiff up her lip, carry on, son. You know, like yeah. you, you, you have all these uh, stories going on in your head and all these conversations going on that haven't even happened yet. You know, and, and the other thing is you, you, you're at a point when you're at your lowest that you, you, you don't know what to do. You're kind of lost. And uh, so to have friends who listen without passing judgment and are strong enough to say, you know, this is what you have to do, you know, that that care enough to say it in a way that that uh, is not damaging to you, it's not confrontational, and 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 is helpful, you know. So they 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 made sure that you know, I found a therapist and told me I needed to go see a doctor, you know, a medical doctor, and and find out if I need medication. Like they they pointed me in the right direction and, and, and listened to how I was suffering and were, were compassionate. That's what you meant when you, yeah, you said that honesty and compassion and you said that your friends had some difficult conversations with you. Was that the idea that they had to kind of push you and say, like kind of say yeah. something uncomfortable about you that you might not yeah. want to hear? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, things like, well, you know, yeah, I always thought there was something going on with you. You know, those times you wouldn't get off the couch. You say, well, you, you, wait, you're my best friend. You thought that about me? No. Or like, uh, you know, you got to, you got to go and get help. I'm going to make the call. I'm going to call the guy and you're going to go see him. He's like, well, no, I don't need that. I'm not, that's, I'm not that bad. I'm okay. You know, yeah. and I just need to, let's just talk through this. And it's like, you know, no, we're not talking through this. You're not okay. You haven't been okay for a long time. You know, those kind of conversations, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just, uh, agreeing with me all the time you know they could have said they could have just said hey you know what yeah you're going through a tough time you know you'll come through it you know and but they didn't they they were tough love you know in a good way yes got it um because i'm curious about that when you said that they you know uh, help you say to people how can others help others um, help them to get help take them by the hand to a place if you have to and it seemed to me throughout it, that it seemed like you were pretty proactive in helping yourself initiate a lot of those processes, difficult processes. But it sounds like, did you mean then that friends sometimes have to say you're going with me or is yeah. it more that, that you just needed the help to kind of, I kind of want to go, but can you, well, I think if you made, once you've, once you've kind of made that first call to a friend, you know, a friend or a family member or, or, a, you know, a trusted coach, I think once you've kind of made that first call, you, you're asking for help. You just, don't realize how much help you need, okay. you know, and, and sometimes it takes that person to take you by the hand and say, no, this is, this is like, I don't have the capability. I mean, I've, I've had players come to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and want to discuss things and I'm not trained to give them what they need. They need more than I can give them. Yep. Right. So like, I, you know, just like it goes back to the injured player analogy, right. If their ankles wrecked, well, they can come to me, but I can't fix it, right? So, you know, I've had to literally take players by the hand and, and walk them to the counselors at the university and say, this is where you need to be. They, they have 
the education, the experience, the capacity to help you, right? Mm -hmm. I'm there to support you. I'm there to help you. I'm there to listen to you. But they have the training to help mm -hmm. you heal. Right. So the message then to friends is that if you get that first, that first call, that first reach out, kind of, you might have to go ahead and push more after that. You might have to go ahead and say, you know, not just say, oh, you're all right. Oh, no, I, I'm pretty good. And you have, you have to kind of look deeper and say, maybe you got to kind of, uh, well, I guess drive it from there a little yep. bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to have honest conversations for sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think Lewis, this is an excellent start. Um, and I think we'll fill in more of this stuff as we take on the second part. So I'd now like to play the second video you shared uh, only last week at the time of this recording. It'll be, uh, that was January 29th. It was an up update of your story and you reported more sunny days than cloudy days. So here it is. Hello everyone, it's Bell Let's Talk Day. And in the spirit of connect, care and share, I thought that I would connect with you all, care enough, to share an update of my story. As some of you may know, in January 2016 on Bell Let's Talk Day, I spoke quite candidly about my journey with depression. I am happy to tell you today that there are far more sunny days than cloudy days in my life. And when the cloudy days come and the rain falls, I have a much better umbrella. What's that umbrella made up of? First of all, it's made up of my relationships. My family challenge and support me with their love every day. And I am blessed to have Maura, Emerson, Kira, and Bradley along for the journey. It's made up of my relationships with my friends, far and near, who even in these difficult COVID times have made the effort to connect and share and care. It's made up of new tools, tools that help keep me balanced and centered. They include therapy, medicine, meditation, journaling, exercise, all of those things combined give me the tools I need to help fix my problems. It's made up of a new perspective. I see the same world through new eyes. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. And I choose to focus on trying to live a life of inner wisdom, and outer action. The inner wisdom is made up of how I want to try to be in the world, to be brave, to be present, to be loving. The outer action is made up of what I want to try and reflect in whatever I'm putting out in the world. I want to inspire, instruct, and impact those around me. I would encourage you all to think of your life as a great experiment, and you are the subject. Make observations, be curious, and try to apply new solutions to the problems that you face. You may not always succeed, but you will always learn and grow. So on this Bell Let's Talk Day, I encourage you again to connect, care, and share, because every action matters. Well, when I heard that last week, it moved me much like the first one, but in a, in a different way. And I know it's helped a lot of people already. So thank you again for stepping up uh, with such a video. Um, you refer in that uh, straight away in that video to connect, care, and share. Is that a slogan of the Let's uh, Let's Talk Day campaign? Well, yeah. I mean, the the, uh, the slogan at the time it was uh, "Every action matters." Yes. You know, and then uh, it, and the, the connect, care, and share piece kind of came as I was walking around the campus and and seeing you know all the speech bubbles that people were putting up. Those were kind of words that kept uh, coming out to me. 
so I put a tweet out just saying that, you know, and uh, especially with the, with all the COVID and everybody being get kind of isolated, you know, that, that idea of being able to connect and, 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 and be with people I thought was important, you know, and then the idea of sharing I thought was, was important. Like share, it's one thing uh, to listen to people, but I think it's important to share your own story. You know, um, you know, I, I, uh, I had a guy I coached with named Brian Rosenfeld who with the national team program and he used to say, don't be stingy, share the gold. You know, in other words, talk to your teammates, what, you know, your story may impact one of them, you know? And so after I put the tweet out, the the video was kind of a a spur of the moment decision uh, because I thought, well, I can't put out something on social media that says, connect, share and share and then not share myself. So I thought it would be just a good time to, you know, because of the Bell Let's Talk connection to sort of give people an update of, of where I am on am on the journey now. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I asked. It sounds, so you said in the spirit of connect, care, and share, that was your kind of your slogan you kind of put together yourself, wasn't it? Yeah. Great. Um, now, in the video, you said you have a much uh, better umbrella, and then you describe what it's made up of. I'd like to break some of that down if we can. The first yeah. uh, thing it was was relationships. Um and you said you have a family that challenges and supports you with love every day. So I can understand the support part, but what about the challenge? Is it important for people to challenge whom they love and, and in what way? Well, I think, you know, every relationship we have to accept has challenges, you know, and, 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 and those challenges, you have a choice with those challenges that you can see them as, as a negative or a positive, you know, in terms of, of your own growth, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, one of the great things, uh, my partner Maura does is, is she pushes me to not settle for, for, you know, the, the, the uh, status quo, you know, and she encourages me to keep pushing myself and keep, you know, setting a higher standard for myself and, and not accepting that I shouldn't be out, couldn't do more or, or be more and, and that I deserve to be more. I deserve to be heard. You know, I, I have value. You know, and uh, at times I can be uh, humble to uh, a fault, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and she challenges me to express myself more is the, probably the best way I could put it. You know, that, that, that my words have meaning, my, my actions matter, you know, and, and from a loving space, yeah, you, sure. know? Um, you know, and, and I think with, with relationships with our, my children and my players, you know, that. There, there's always challenges, challenges about how to deal with the conflict and, and how do we want to be as a team, as a family, you know, as a father and son, a father and daughter, you know, so, but there's always the love and the support, right? So no matter what the challenges are, there's always the love, the love is always there. All right. Yeah. I, I, any relationship you need to have, you need to be challenged to become better or, you know, it's, it has to be some growth in, in your life and you have to grow together or it's just, um, well, it won't, you, it won't last any, any exactly, kind of relationship. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and people sometimes uh, uh, run away from those challenges instead of embracing them. Yes. Very good. Um, the next thing was new tools. You said you have new tools that help keep me balanced and centered. Uh, and they include therapy, medicine, meditation, journaling, exercise. You said they combine to give me the tools I need to fix my problems. Can you elaborate on any or all of those? Uh, maybe therapy, for instance, and, and even what kind of meditation have you tried? Maybe I'll 
won't go too far. Stop right there for a minute. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, I mean, start at the beginning, uh, is, yep. you know, I, uh, like talk therapy w- was a great resource for me, mm-hmm. you know, especially, uh, in terms of, uh, sort of digging into my past a little bit, yes. you know, and, uh, and, and, and trying to understand sort of, uh, you know, one of the imbalances I really had was, was, uh, my mental and my emotional states were quite far apart. I wanted to live all in my head and, and, mm-hmm. and not really have my emotions out and in the forefront. And part of that comes from, you know, being an athlete where we're encouraged all the time to, uh, you know, control our emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and I always took that as suppress my emotions, right? So push them away. Don't feel them, but you don't really push them away. They're still down in there digging away at you. You just mm-hmm. don't realize it, you know? And, and so through that kind of therapy, it, it, it made me start to realize that my emotions are okay. It's okay to show my emotions, to have my emotions, to feel my emotions. Um, you know, it's just what I do with those emotions that, that matters, you know? So if I'm angry, it doesn't mean I can go thump some guy in the head, but it's okay to be angry. You know, I would, I would just push that emotion away altogether and think, well, you can't be angry. It serves no purpose. Right. But yes, you can. It just doesn't give you an excuse for doing something silly, mm-hmm. you know, and it lets you dig more. You know what I said uh, when someone asked me one time about therapists, they said, well, what do you get from a therapist that you couldn't get from talking to your friends? Mm-hmm. And because of their training, they know the right questions to ask you to help you figure out the answers you need to find from inside yourself. You know, where's your friend's, aren't really experienced enough to kind of pull those questions out of you. Mm-hmm. you know, so yeah. they, they're very good at, at helping you discover things about yourself. Right. You know? I, yeah, I totally. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the medication piece, you know, I was probably the piece that I was the most opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, I don't need medicine. I can solve this myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Am I going to have to take this the rest of my life? Uh, you right, know, yeah. and then, you know, I started thinking, I mean, my son is a type one diabetic. He takes insulin and we don't think that about his insulin, yeah. you know? So that, that was what kind of changed that a little bit. Say, well, there's nothing wrong with maybe that, you know, my, like his body doesn't produce insulin. Well, maybe my body's not producing the right amount of chemicals, for, for me to be balanced emotionally the right way, you know? And there is a bit of trial and error and sort of, you know, you try one thing and it maybe makes you feel too much one way, maybe too groggy or, or, or it doesn't have any effect or, you know, and then I've come to one that, that, that works quite well for me, you know? And the biggest one for me was sleep. I would wake up at three o'clock in the morning all the time and then not be able to sleep. And uh, the medication really I, I sleep through the night now, which is a huge thing for me. Oh my, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I, I understand sleep now to be a really important thing, and again, in the physical health and, and mental health and all that stuff, sleep is huge. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm only just starting to learn about it. Yeah, yeah, and and the meditation has been has been good for me, you know. And I've gone, and again, it's something that you know that I've 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 tried different types of things. Um, you know, they're just the simple sitting in quiets with your breath to, to be present, you know, and uh, the first time I did that, it was an emotional experience because we don't often just, once you sit in quiet, 
there's only you, you know, and, and uh, a lot of things come up when you're, when you shut down everything for 15, 20 minutes and sit in silence, you know, you can't really hide from yourself at that point. You yeah. can't distract yourself, you know? Um, and lately I've been getting into uh, a lot of breath work, you know, with, along with my meditation, which I find really, really rewarding, really good. Very good. I do know a bit about that. I'm just starting into some meditation these days, just trying out different things and, and, and experiencing the things you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love the, the, uh, you know, the, the, they always tell you that meditation is a practice. Yes. You know, so it's, you, you, when you first start it, you think it's got to be perfect, but, but it's not, it's something you practice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Big time. Um, okay. Um, and yeah, so we said that, oh, journaling, that was another one. Journaling sounds like a, lot, a chore to a lot of people. And uh, I wonder what does journaling look like to you and how does it help you? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I know exactly what you mean. Like people think about, well, I've got to sit down for half an hour and write things down. Um, you know, for me, it's it's a pretty quick process. You know, I try to, uh, uh, you know, maybe a page or two, you know, at the most. And uh, it used to be just sort of uh, recapping the day. I might, you know, right at the right in the evening and 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 uh i started out with simple things you know like uh what was challenging today what was good today uh what am i grateful for today you know and just just few little small points uh and now i've tried to start uh, uh you know just a couple things in the morning just jotting down a few things about what's my intention for today what do i want to achieve you know, and then you're kind of reviewing that at the end of the day. So it doesn't have to always be a big stream of consciousness thing, but it is a place where you can, you know, reflect, reflect mm-hmm. on your day. Okay. Yeah, I can definitely get the setting the intention for the day when I find kind of my things in front of me day, whether it's day or week. And if it's, if it's all lined up, there's, it's a lot more liberating to kind of just go through and knock it down and you can kind of uh, operate between that freely, I find. Um, yeah, but as yeah, far as- a lot less stressful. <laughs> a lot of stressful, right? And now, uh, but as far as the other part, writing down your challenges and what I'm grateful for, do you like go back and read those again, like later on, and kind of see how it changes over time, or how does that part help? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, get it out of you. Yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out of you, and and, okay. and I think I think you know some of the positive, like the, the idea of like every day, kind of thinking about what you're grateful for, is uh-huh. is a huge mental health practice. You know, in terms of whatever's going on in a day, you can always you can always find some good, right? Yes, I know it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the other thing. Oh, how does exercise play in that too? Then I, I might seem obvious, but maybe give us how it helps. How it helps you, and what kind? Yeah, of I mean, one of, one of the biggest things that uh, I think I've realized is that it's uh, you know when when I start feeling myself going down, you know, to near the bottom of that wave. Uh, exercise is something that can pull you back up, okay. you know? So sometimes, you know, just even though you don't want to just getting out for a run or getting 20 minutes exercise or, you know, I mean, it was always easy when we played, right. Think how much better you felt after game or practice, you know, and and that's, that's all it really was, you know, okay. but without uh, the commitment to have to go play for a team or go to a practice, you know, you have to make the effort to do it yourself. But yeah, certainly right. that, that, a little bit of energy, even if it's, uh, you know, 15 minutes of yoga to get you moving in the morning, it, it, it makes a huge difference. And I can tell when I haven't done it for a few days, I can feel myself starting to kind of the guilt and the, the anxiety and the, and the weight starts to come. 
you know, so being out there and getting myself moving is, is a big part of, of, of that umbrella that keeps the, the good, the bad days away. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Um, okay. Then the other component to that umbrella was a new perspective. And you said, I see the same world through new eyes. So how did you build that perspective? Um, you just go, I'm going to just look at it differently. I mean, yeah, it, well, you know, I think it comes with, uh, the more you kind of start to explore yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you, you, you read more, you listen more, you have more conversations, you start to be more self-reflective. You know, you start, I started to realize how much my view of the world was impacting my mental state, my emotional state, you know, and that the more I could open my eyes to the good that was around me, the more that I could open my eyes to what I enjoyed in the world, what brought me joy, that the better I felt, you know, and, and I comes, everything kind of comes back to the game for me, you know, the game of soccer and the game I love. And, and my mindsets when it came to the game was so different than my mindset when it came to my life. Like, you know, if I'm playing a game, well, I always believe we can win. You know, I always believe I can make an impact on the game. You know, I always believe that the, the, the my effort matters, you know, but to transfer that to real life was the challenge, you know, and I started to realize, well, why don't I start looking at my life the way I look at my life in soccer? You know, why wouldn't I believe today could be a good day that I could win today? You know, when I make a mistake in a game, I don't spend 15 minutes worrying about it. You know, I wash it away and I get on with the game. Right. And I try to make something new happen. So I had to start having that perspective in my life. Yes, it's a mistake. I can learn from it, but I need to move on. Wow. Man, I, this is exciting because you know this is a particular interest to me because, you know, I'm trying to sell optimism on this show, which I yeah. can tell you is not easy. Um, yeah. You know, I, I try to promote the idea that it's not what's happening to your circumstance. It's about how you view it all that makes the difference. So uh, thank you very much for adding a voice to the chant. Um, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, a question I'm curious about. In regard to this issue, uh, it's something I might be talking about soon is, do you think hardship is necessary before adopting a new perspective? I mean, you know, for instance, that idea that some people have a near-death experience before they develop an appreciation for life or something. Um, or do you think you could just uh, encourage people to take on a new perspective from hearing your story uh, without, you know, not going the hard way? Yeah, well, you know, I think it comes down to... Uh whatever it is that, that opens your eyes, okay. right? There, there's always got to be something that, that, that kind of uh, opens your eyes or, 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 or wakes you up, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or gives you a shake. And, and yes. that can come from a lot of different things. It can come from, it can come from watching a movie. Maybe somebody is inspired by the character and thinks, wow, you know, I, why don't I start to have that perspective, you know, and it can come from reading a book. It can come from listening to a podcast and come from, you know, a conversation you have in a coffee shop, you know, or unfortunately sometimes it comes, it comes from hardship, you know, or, but it can come from someone else's hardship and they're sharing their story and, and, and you're learning from it, you know? So I think, I think it's certainly come. I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I think it, you know, I think it, 
can be a catalyst for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think there's other catalysts as well if, if we're willing to open our eyes. Right. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, and I expected that I took it that that was your, your opinion else. You wouldn't have bothered sharing your video, right? Why would you even bother? And yep. it's certainly my view or else I wouldn't bother doing the show either. Yeah. So, yeah, and um, I think it's a good, I think it's a great point, Matt, because people believe that they, they need to have some kind of trauma mm-hmm. or, or hardship to wake them up. You know, yeah. whereas we all have the ability to wake up, we all have the ability to see the world in, in a new way if we, if we choose to. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, come on, just appreciate the stuff right now, people. You don't have to hit rock bottom first, you know. Yep. But unfortunately, it takes that for some people. But I, I should hope it, it won't and it doesn't have to. Um, uh, where your focus goes, your energy flows. That one, I just love that one. Here, here. Um, you, you went on, I choose to focus on a life of inner wisdom and outer action. So of what is this wisdom composed and what are some examples of outer action? Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at wisdom is kind of like, you you know, wisdom comes from experience, yeah. you know, so, and does it, it can be your experience. It can be somebody else's experience that you've learned from reading about it. It can be, you know, a shared experience where you, like we've just talked about, where you've listened to someone and learned from them, you know, so experience can come from a lot of different ways. Wisdom comes from experience and then what you learn from that experience, right? So are you reflecting on the experience? Are you trying to learn from the experience? Are you trying to grow from the experience? We all have experiences every day. Every moment is an experience. So it's all about what you choose to focus on from that experience. You know, so getting a flat tire is an experience, you know, and you have a choice about how you want to focus on that. You know, you can get out and be you know, say, well, all right, I got a flat tire, I got to fix it, and not much I can do about it, let's get on with it, you know, or you can get out and start kicking the tire and yelling and screaming, and, and, and you know, why does the world hate me so much? Like, they're the same experience, and what you want to learn from it, you know, is up to you. I mean, one of the challenges I had was I had a hard time kind of, I was very good at learning from my experiences, but not always good at uh, taking action to apply them, you know, so, so I really try to think... You know, so really try to think now about, well, what is outer action? Outer action is is doing something, not just thinking about it, right? So, you know, if, if, if I've learned something about a new way to, you know, talk to my partner, then I need to action it. I need to try it. I need to practice it, right? So it would be like me telling you how to kick a soccer ball, but you never go out and try and do it, you know? So what I've tried to do now in terms of – what I see action as is practice. Mm-hmm. So how can I practice whatever it is I've learned? You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I get, uh, if I get frustrated when people are angry with me, then how can I learn to communicate with them better? How can I understand what they're feeling at this moment? Right. Mm-hmm. What do they need from me now, as opposed to what is their actions doing to me right Mm -hmm. do they need me to listen more do they need me to take action for them right now Mm -hmm. right so you experiment with those actions you know so sometimes i get it right sometimes i get it wrong and then you try and start the process again and you develop more inner wisdom through having exactly which you can apply which you can apply to your outer action the next time Mm -hmm. i've got i got it great um you mentioned here how I want to try to be in this world on that point, to be brave, 
present and loving. Um, what does it look like to be ba- brave, present and loving? I love the sound of those concepts. Yeah. And I mean, and, and every individual is probably going to come up with their own sense of what they want to be. Right. I want to so hear yours. <laughs> you know, the first, the first thing for me is, is that there's a, a, a big difference between what you do and how you want to be. Right. So how you want to be in the world is sort of all encompassing in whatever action you're out there doing, you know, so whatever you're putting out in the world at that moment, you know, can you try to be a certain way? Right. So in terms of, of being present, that's a big one for me. You know, that I think being present gets a bad rap, you know, because people think that uh, being present means you just dismiss the past and you never prepare for the future, you know, but, but being present doesn't mean you don't learn from the past. It just means you're not living there anymore, right? You're not, you're not going back to those past mistakes and feeling those same emotions. You're learning from them and you're applying them to your present moment. And, and it doesn't mean you're not preparing for the future. It just means you're letting go of your expectations of the future, right? So you're not thinking, well, when I reach this point or when I get this thing done, life will be a certain way or it'll, or that moment will look a certain way, right? Because then you're not present to what's happening right now either. You're, you're already in the future thinking, well, this is going to happen and that's the way it's going to be. And it's going to be terrible or it's going to be great, you know, and, and now you're not here in the present moment. And that was a big challenge for me in terms of my depression because what did I do for a living? I analyzed past performances and prepared for future performances as a coach. Yeah. Right. So I had a hard time just getting present. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, that for me, that's, that's so vital, you know, and that's, and that's another practice that, that that's where like things like breath work and meditation help because they bring you back to the present, right. you know, I do. And uh, I mean, being brave, um, you know, is about more than just the physical courage, right? I mean, there's a component of that. Yeah, there's the guy who runs into the the fire and pulls the people out and, and that's important and that's brave and that's courage. But really, uh, being brave is about, it's not about not having fear. It's about taking action in spite of your fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It, being brave can be as simple as going to ask that girl to dance at the junior high dance, you know, that, that, that moment of courage, right. That, 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 you know, it can be making a phone call you don't want to make, you know, uh, it can be having a difficult conversation with, with a player or a family member, you know, and it, it's all those little things. It can be sitting in silence, you know, maybe you're just afraid to be with yourself. You know, so can you have the courage just to sit with yourself for a moment and Mm -hmm. and take inventory of how you're feeling and where you're at, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be loving for me is, is kind of an all encompassing thing. I I, I think of it as more than just being in love. Mm -hmm. I mean, being in love is great. It's fantastic. I'm in love with the game of soccer. I'm in love with my family. I, I love my wife, Maura. I love... But the downside of those things is that, that if they go for some reason, does that mean you have no love in your life? Right? So if I can never play soccer, coach soccer again, then do I have no love in my life? You know, or I should hope not. Or if somebody dies, do I have no love in my life anymore because that my love was connected to that person? You know, so I think of it more as like a, a loving, compassionate kind of love, 
right? Mm -hmm. Can you can you be in love with your own life? Can you just mm -hmm. be a loving person? You know, so can you put that energy out into the world, right? When you have a choice between, you know, hating something or being angry with something, can you take a moment to think about how they're feeling, what they're going through, what's brought them to that point or, or what's made that situation happen? You know, I, I don't see love as a, a thing of judgment. It, it's just a, a way of being. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and, and I believe all of those things are skills, skills that can be practiced, you know, so every, every moment you have a decision to make about whether to be or not be a certain way, mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to practice, yep. you know, so where during your day can you practice being loving? Where during your day can you practice being present? You know, when you feel your mind drifting, can you come back to your center, you know, where can you practice being brave? You know, I mean, mm -hmm. doing this for me is out of my comfort zone. So this is good practice for me. Big time. Right? Being, this is being brave right now, I think. I think it is. Yeah. And, I, and again, I, I want to say I do appreciate it so much that you're coming and doing that because I understand I'm even uncomfortable. I've been doing this for a little while and I'm uncomfortable doing this. Um, yeah, you know yeah, what? You're, you're, that... you're still scared of the old coach. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make you run laps now. No, yeah, well, yeah, I probably would. I probably yes, sir. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I actually do have a, uh, my own practice on that, Lewis. As far as being brave, uh, sometimes whenever there's something that comes up that someone invites me to do something, or should I take on this show or this uh, this interview or whatever, and if the reason that I don't want to is because I feel a little uncomfortable about it, I say yes. I just say do yes, and then I'll figure it out even though I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So that's kind of one way I've developed that and all kinds of what you're saying. I'm just getting so excited the whole time. Cause I just, I have, I, I just, anyway, all you're saying, I've, I've, I've um, discovered it in other ways in my own, in my own yeah. life. And I hear how you're saying it and putting it in a different way for me. And I'm just like, Ooh, but I, I won't go on to it. I'm just going to let it sit there and people can uh, enjoy yeah. how you put it. And I love that. Um, you said, think of your life as a great experiment. Uh, and you are the subject. So make observations, be curious, and try to apply new solutions to the problems you face. Um, you may not always succeed, but you may learn and grow. Uh, this is optimism in my view, right, that I, that I talk about. It's not about necessary success, but it's about mindset and method. Um, but what are some of the observations you've made? And in what ways do you express your curiosity? And what are some of the solutions you've applied? I hope that's not too much at once. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and some of the observations I made, like, uh, you know, one of the things which is, it may seem strange is that I struggle with, uh, like, discipline, you know, so for me to be, you know, uh, as a player, discipline, sure, as a coach, discipline, planning, sure, but in, in everyday life, it's a much bigger challenge for me, like, I really have to make a conscious effort to sort of, like, you know, be disciplined to, to plan my day, be disciplined to take care of the family and things that need to be done at the house. And otherwise I would spend, you know, 24 seven, just watching soccer games all the time and, and, and uh, not do anything else, you know? So to, to, to be disciplined is a real challenge for me. And I've had to sort of be conscious and that's, you know, sort of my word for this year is to try and be more disciplined, right. To be more regimented, more planned, you know, and, and have more discipline in my, my regular day life. So then, uh, so when you say um, observations, observations about yourself, be, really be aware, you're the subject. So be aware, be self-conscious, I guess is your word, mm -hmm. conscious of what's going on. What do I need? 
and discipline yeah, was something yeah. you observed. So, yeah, I mean, and, and that's kind of an ongoing process, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, 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 you know, so journaling, reflecting on the day, you know, if, uh, if you've had a conflict with someone or something or you've had a challenge that you had to try and meet, well, do you take some time to think about how could that have been different or why was that successful? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what, what role did I play in that? You know, was that something I influenced or was that something that was uh, put upon me and I had no control over it? Mm-hmm. You know, so how much are you looking at those things? And then where, you know, are you looking for new solutions? Mm-hmm. You know, so are you, are you reading new books? Are you having different conversations? Are you trying to grow your experiences, you know, so that you can apply them to, you know, new problems? Okay, then I guess uh, the, we're getting close to close to winding it out here. Um, but uh, we got every action matters. You said that was the slogan. Um, I love that uh, that expression. Um, and you know, here I try to promote small ball or everyday actions versus like a sweeping a sweeping move to to, to greatness or success. I want to wonder: Do you have an example of a small action making a difference? Um, give us a concrete. Yeah, I mean, it, it it can be a lot of different things. Like you know, for me, it, it's. Uh, you know, getting up early now for me is a small action that, that, that has a big impact on my day, you know, and in the past, uh, I, I, you know, some days up early, some days up late, you know, all that, that, you know, none of that really, yeah, it was good. It was bad. It didn't have a big impact on me, but, mm-hmm. but I've gotten in the habit, but partly by force because I run a six fifteen AM session a couple of days a week, but Oof. I've gotten in the habit now of, rising early and, and having, you know, an hour and a half or so of time for myself, you know, and that's, that's not a huge uh, world changing action. That's just waking up at, uh, you know, five o'clock instead of seven o'clock. But, but that little action has had a huge impact on me, you know, and and then, yeah, it affects me and then it affects my outlook and then it affects my outlook affects the people around me. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can be outwardly too. It can be as simple as, you know, the person uh, paying at the drive-thru for the person behind them. Mm -hmm. You know, it might only be a couple of bucks, but, but it's, 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 it's a small action. It has a big impact. Maybe the person behind you is having a bad day and then something good that's, that's happened Mm -hmm. for them, you know? So, and it can go the other way. I mean, your actions, you know, negatively Mm -hmm. small actions can have a big impact on people as well. Right. So I think it's important that people know that whatever they do has value, you know, and a a small action can have value and a big action can have value, but that in being in action, you create value. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm very curious that you said both ways as well. So, um, you know, whether positive or negative. So I'm, I'm taking that away here. Every action matters. Um, now, some of these sayings that I was loving today, did you come up with a lot of these sayings or formulations? I know connect, care, and share, or, or were, they, were they adopted from teachers yeah, and therapists? So, some, and- yep, some were adopted. So connect, care, and share is kind of mine, but it's mm-hmm. probably something that, you know, I was influenced by a, a number of things. Where your energy goes, your attention flows, was from someone I had listened to. I, I don't know exactly who, but I remember it really sticking in my brain. 
yeah, you know, as, as an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, every action matters was a, a was the bell. Let's talk day. And they should really, you know, be applauded for that whole program, the bell. Let's talk because it's made so many people uh, come out and, and talk about how they're feeling and what, and what they're going through, you know? So it's a fantastic program. Yeah. Congratulations to them. And yeah. And gratitude. Um, yeah. Louis, uh, yeah. I, on those, on those expressions, I would say in any case, you would say that uh, whether it's somebody else's thing, you have to articulate it for yourself or understand it in a certain way before you own it. Is Would you say that? Yes, for sure. hundred so percent. You use that. No, it, you know, it, it means something to you deeper. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to decide what, what it means to you mm-hmm. and uh, you know, apply it as you see fit. But, you know, I, I love, I love things in small messages. Yes. It kind of, you know, hits you in the moment and, and you can take it in quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, it yes. comes from half time, half times only like 10 minutes, right? I got to get my words out quick <laughs> and uh, concise. Yes. And then, but what has to happen is that they have to be packing a lot of meaning that people have, have you, people put the time in to understand so that when you hear it yep. or, or use it yourself or to your players, then they know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, you refer in the video to a journey with depression, but you say that you have a much better umbrella, as we said. Um, so kind of, this is the kind of final point for me, I guess, a couple, just in a couple points here, but at one point, um, is, is depression something that can heal like as a broken arm may heal, or is it just something that you live with and for which you must carry such an umbrella in your, in, in what do you expect or from what yeah, you know about I, it? Well, I, I think from my experience, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you live with, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and, and it's about dealing with it and, and having the umbrella and having the skills, you know, to, to work through it. Um, you know, but I think if everybody does a little bit of work, we we're all suffering from something in, yes. in terms of our mental health, you know, none of us are, are in the perfect state of mental health. Uh, the difference is, you know, some of us have, have, have uh, been able to label something or give it give it an identity so that it's a little clearer to be able to go after, mm-hmm. right? Um, but but I guarantee you, we all have a little bit of something, and uh, it's just a matter of having the awareness to, to go after it and see what it's all about, and then the skill set to manage it. I do agree with that. It's a, and that's why I'm really trying to understand this too. Is I mean, obviously, it's for I want everybody to have a, to have a concept of it. But even in my own life, I'm kind of trying to wonder: do, to what degree do I have uh, something that I have to deal with, and and it, is that something that's out of my control? Can I affect it to a point where I can completely heal, uh, etc.? Mm-hmm. All of those kind of things. And I I wonder if people have a lot of those questions. So yeah, but, yeah, and I mean that that comes back to to the the, the concept of uh, you know you're the subject in your own experiment in your life, right? So the, the more you dig into things, the more you have these kind, kind of conversations, the more the, the, like the, the work you're doing and, and, and the, the questions you're asking of the world right now with, with what you're doing, you know, the more things that will come to you. And, and that's all part of a mental health uh, process as well. You know, yeah. you, you've had your life experiences that have impacted you. And it brought you to this point and, and you're going to discover things about you as you keep asking those questions. And, and that's, that's, so you're actually going through the same journey. 
Yep. I, I would say when I hear you talking, it's like, yeah, these are practices that I'm doing and it's to gain better mental health is where I would say I'm not necessarily coming out of something, uh, but, but certainly trying to build something because I feel like, why can't I just be better? Every, why can't I feel better more often? Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. and that's what I'm working on. Um, so I guess the final thing to lose, how did you first learn of the Bell Let's Talk Day campaign and, and how did you become involved to make such a video originally? And what, and what made you feel you wanted to do it? So yeah. At the time you were okay. meeting out to friends and then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the first thing was, uh, my first experience was it was uh, when uh, Michael Landsberg did his bit on TSN. He yeah. had a very moving piece about his, his mental health journey and on, on Bell Let's Talk Day. It was actually, I think, the year before I did the video. And uh, I remember watching his story and thinking, wow, he's – you know, what he's saying is a lot of what I feel and think, you know. So I remember that being, I remember thinking back to that moment. So when the AUS, uh, you know, Atlantic University Sport came out and, and we're partnering with Bell, uh, the athletic department asked if there were athletes that would be willing to speak. And uh, I went to the athletic director at the time and said, well, yeah, you know, I have a couple of athletes that would speak, but I said, I'd like to speak because I think it's important that I tell my story you know and uh it, it was a when i look back at that video now you know i realize i was you know there was still quite a lot of pain down deep inside there and i can see some of it starting to bubble to the surface but you know once once you share your story you put your story out in the world uh you start to heal you really start to heal and you 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 heal so much from the conversations you have with other people and and by putting that energy out there and they, they come to you with their stories and, and you share and, and more people heal. It's, it's, you know, I would recommend everybody to be vulnerable and, and, and tell your story. Did you, did you feel that at the time? Did you think maybe this is something that might help me on the way to healing or was it more just, it's like almost like something I should be doing for other people or. Yeah. It was more of an intuition. Mm-hmm. Like it was all almost like a gut feeling. Um, I remember being very emotional at the time of doing it, uh, very nervous, very anxious, uh, and and almost collapsing at the end of it because it, it, there was such a release, yeah. such a, a weight gone just from being able to say, look, this is what's going on with me. You can see it in the video. I mean, and that's what moved a lot of people to it. And that's probably spurred a lot of the response because I was like, wow, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Share the gold. Share the gold. All right. Well, Lewis, then, is there a final word you'd like to say on any of this or anything I missed that you'd like to make sure we highlight here before we get out? I think it's uh, – I just want to say that uh, I, I really love your message. You know, I think your uh, your um, message about optimism and, and the way you present it is very practical, right? It's something that people could use. It's, it, it, it's not a, a – philosophical theory that is out there in the world the way you've presented it is 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 something that you can do every day you can practice every day and i i really enjoy that message and i think it's like something we have in common mm-hmm. and uh i would encourage people to not be afraid to practice in life practice living your life mm-hmm. you know you don't have to be perfect it's progress over perfection and just one step at a time you know one decision at a time practice being the way you want to be 
Well, thank you very much, Louis. I really appreciate it coming from you. And uh, that word practice, and I, I do actually refer to what I'm putting out as practical philosophy, right? Because I, I feel like philosophy is a practical subject and is the word practice, practical, it's all there. So thank you very much for that. Um, so to listeners, then let me say to uh, please share this interview. Uh, Lewis has been brave and kind enough to allow us a deep look into his personal journey. And if you know anyone who might find value in this, please share it with that pertinent person. Awareness is growing, but we can always be more educated. And I've certainly gained a lot from this, and I expect you have. So let us connect with more people by caring enough to share as Lewis has. So you can also ask questions and make comments in the comments section. Um, you can go to the Mr. Brightside Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash matthewbolton.ca. Lewis has already heard from so many people in his own posts, but I'm sure it never gets old to hear support coming in. Um, as well, in light of what we've heard today, I'm sure there's lots of follow-up that's occurred to you, uh, or maybe you just think that I blew it and I didn't ask something that's obvious, right? Well, I invite you to ask it. Um, so, um, you know, ask it and please help Lewis help more people get educated on these mental health issues and uh, that many of us around us are struggling with. Uh, Lewis, where should people go if they want to connect with you directly, or is there any way you'd care to direct people uh, to learn more about these issues? Yeah, I mean, people, uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Lewis page six. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a great way to sort of follow some of my messages and people can DM me there and then I can uh, reach out to them. That's probably the best way. All right. Excellent. Um, well, I've got to say, Lewis, that uh, I've just had a great time talking to you today. It's just great seeing you. Um, and I appreciate your willingness to dig deeper and share something that I imagine can't always be comfortable. Um, uh, I thought I would get something valuable out of you. And of course you've delivered today. So um, thank you so much. And I wish all the best to you and your family going forward. All right. Thank you, Matthew. Great to see you. Okay. And to listeners, I hope you take the perspective and tools Lewis has offered us here and use them to create for yourself or help lead others around you to more sunny days than cloudy days. I'll see you guys next time. Yeah, that was Man. pretty finished. I like that way you finished that. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I mean, any, every time you get into these kind of conversations, it uh, it challenges you to think about how you're interpreting what you're what you're doing, right? Yes. You know, and, yes. and, and how to how to explain it, and how you know, because so much of it is is an internal conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and and uh, and a sort of a feeling. Yes. You know, and then how 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 to articulate that to people, right? And so that they can get something of value from it that they might be able to apply, right? Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. <laughs>